Welcome to More Than Myths. Can you hear me okay? I have my air conditioner on. I can hear you just fine. Can you hear my air conditioner? I don't know because our air conditioners are also on and our upstairs neighbors is like right out the window where I'm at. So cool. it's hey, fine. It's also hot balanced. as balls. So it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. I think so, people will understand. It's too hot. Balance. Original lemonade. Yeah. Mine's a White Claw iced tea raspberry. Here we I'm go. Still, I'm on the fence about it still. Keep drinking. You're going to care a lot less. I have to tell you a lot of stuff. <laughs> I have to tell you a lot of stuff. Welcome to More Than Miss, everybody. Where Quinn and Haley have to tell each other a lot of stuff. <laughs> Welcome to our everyday lives. <laughs> Every day. We're going to fill you in on the last 24 hours because that's mm. what we haven't talked about. This is true. Other. We didn't actually talk to each other a lot this week. It was. It was weird. It was weird. It was really weird. I don't think so I tell liked me. it. <laughs> I didn't like it either. But I was like, I, was, I wasn't sure I was going to get my research done in time tonight mm. because I went on a tirade this morning and like cleaned my oven. What? Yes. So I was like, I wasn't even being like lazy. I was just putting all of my energy into other things like outside <laughs> of research. Yeah. So I text Haley. We went and saw Thor Love and Thunder today. And I text Haley and I was like, I'm at the movie now. It's 2.30. I don't know if I'm going to have research by, you know, tonight. So just FYI, it might not happen. Right. And she said, sure, with a period. Period, which is Corinne's <sighs> nemesis. And it I... just makes me think you're being so upset. No. I I know it's not. <laughs> but I was thinking about it. I was just like, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Listen. Listen, I suck. Okay. Lady, then... listen. You would have to do quite a lot to make me pissed off. I've never been mad at you, I think maybe once, and I was mad at you for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that 10 minutes is still, still haunts not, me. It's to this not day. you. Yeah, it's, sorry. <laughs> That's not your lot in life for me to be mad at you. <laughs> Good. Thank God, because I couldn't handle it. But. <laughs> Because she's never mad at me, I'm always thinking, is, is this the time? Is this is this the thing? So anyway, <laughs> I was deep cleaning my house all morning for fun. Sometimes. I mean, we deep cleaned our house yesterday for fun. It's yeah. nice, though. I love it. I love sitting in a clean house. It's, there's nothing to do. There's nothing better. Heaven will be <sighs> a clean house for me. Like, or hell will be a clean house. <laughs> no, hell would be a dirty house all the time, no matter what I did. Sure. I mean, if we're talking like <laughs> you're in, you're either living or dying or in your best afterlife or your worst afterlife, there we go. <laughs> My best afterlife would be a clean space, no matter mm. what I did. Gotcha. I mean, again, annoyances, not hardcore. <laughs> There's not going to be Legos on the floor that you accidentally step <gasps> on. That would be hell. <laughs> <gasps> So you were going to tell me what you were so excited about oh yeah, or yesterday. Yeah. I had the me. best day yesterday. Okay. So we went out with our friends and all of us had babysitters, which 
rarely happens. Nice. Somebody has a kid or something, which there we can make that work, right? right. You can yeah. make a lunch work. You can make hanging out work with kids. It's just really nice for all the parents to check out mm. mm-hmm. and be present sure. with their like with our friend group, and so we were all able to just be present and hang nice. out, and it was so nice. So we went to a brewery and had lunch. I had this prime rib dip that I'm gonna go and have next weekend. I think because it was so. <laughs> Um, and then like we had beer there. We went to a winery and did wine tasting. We went to another brewery and had a pretzel and more beer. And then, and then this is where everybody was kind of thinking about parting ways. We're like, I wonder if there's a coffee shop open. And so we're like looking, it's six o'clock at this point. So everything's pretty closed except for one Starbucks. In the Barnes and Noble. Shut up. So we went. <laughs> so we went and got coffee and pastries and then book shopped for like 45 oh. minutes as a group. And it was that so was great. Fucking fun. Oh my God. And then Shayla and I made a game mm-hmm. where we had to pick a romance novel. Uh-huh. And then I gave her a color of a book and a, a letter it had to start with. Oh, okay. And so hers was, it had to be a, a blue cover, or blue had to be on the cover, and it had to start with the letter A. Okay. But other than that, and then she had to buy it. Like, when she picked it, she had to buy it. Okay. And then mine was, she gave me the letter T, and she said, the counts. So I was like, thank you. Um, <laughs> but there had to be red on the cover. Okay. And so I was like, okay. And so she, she's like, I'm not interested in anything that's not fantasy. So <laughs> she had a harder time picking some. But I was like, okay, well, maybe this, maybe this. And then I found it like on the, you know, popular on book talk oh, table. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yes. Here Perfect. we go. And it's short too. So it's I think it's called the Kiss Thief. Anyway, it was uh-huh. such a like wonderful Fun. night. We had so much fun. And I wanted to tell you about it. The minute we were done, <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I have to wait because that game is so fun, and I just need to tell you on the podcast. So here I am. Here so are. happy about it, finally telling you. Here we are. It sounds like fun. It was a lot that's of a good, fun. That's a, that's a very good game to play. I appreciate, I appreciate that game. It was super fun. Because you wouldn't, I mean, you might be forced to get something that's totally out of your normal, like, wheelhouse right that was kind of the goal was like okay i was i'm not looking at this i wasn't looking for it because i left with two books i had been looking for oh you know but then i was like this was something new hadn't heard of it before nice made us branch out so it was really fun very nice we went to barnes and noble the other day and i left with nothing (sighs) but i I know. It's fine. It's fine. It's coming. That's why I'm going to celebrate my new job. I'm going to oh, go okay. back to Barnes & Noble and get like the 13 books that I You're like, wanted to buy. <laughs> I'm spending my whole first check on books. Right. Exactly. You're responsible for you're responsible everything. For all of our bills, feeding us, all of it. Because I have books to buy. <laughs> yeah. Until my second check. Then I'll really. And then, and then I'll, and then it'll be, we'll be back in the normal swing of things. But yeah. <laughs> Then it'll just be, you know, half of it on books. Until then. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't have anything else exciting to tell you. I thought you had other things to tell me. They're about the subject. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. It's yeah. like, oh my god, what did you do this weekend? Nothing. We clean. Also, what? Love and Thunder. Is this so good? <laughs> it was so good. That's all I want to say about it, but it was so good. Excellent. We did watch... I... Um... Oh, no, tell me more about it. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, I was... Um... I was hopeful because Ragnarok is probably the best Marvel movie, in my opinion. It's like, so it's, funny. It's so good. It's so weird. Yeah. It's like, and they just kind of kept that up this time. Oh, and, excellent. But in a different, a totally different story. Mm-hmm. I cried eight times. Did you count them? No. It was probably oh. four, but I think it was four. It was I still cried good. a lot. It was really Quite a good. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I need you to watch everything everywhere all at once. Because if you don't it. and we don't talk about it, I am going to explode. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to tell my family that tonight we're finishing it because we need to finish it. Yeah. It's easily easily in my top 10 favorite top seven top five whoa i love this movie well and so i watched it well chris and i watched it and chris fell asleep (laughs) and so he didn't see how it ended but the next day he was like we're gonna rewatch this movie and i was like all right we're gonna rewatch it i cried just as hard the second time as i did the first time (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. It's so uh, good. Yeah. Oh, it must get really good at, at that last half. It does. Because <coughs> that's where amazing. we were at and she's still kind of figuring stuff out and you know, you don't really know what's going on. So, well, I, think I think that's where we're like we stopped. We're like, "Uh." Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I-, I was really confused and watching it a second time, it made so much more sense. It made so much more sense. So maybe if you watch it back from the beginning, maybe it'll you'll kind of pick up on more things a little bit and it because yeah. I was confused. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But then it kind of clicked and I was like, oh my God, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's oh, so good. It. It's so good. Sip. I also I, so many sips. <laughs> so many sips. I saw an interview with the guy I know him from Goonies, you know. Uh-huh. The main the main character guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this was his first acting role since I think either Goonies or Indiana Jones. I don't remember when which one mm-hmm. he made first. Mm-hmm. But he's just like there was no, there was no Asian roles anywhere yeah. in Hollywood, and so he's like, I left. Yeah, and so it's really cool that he got to come back and be in a like predominantly Asian cast. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he it was so great. Yeah, like so far. Um, Michelle, you, I believe her last name is pronounced as Yao. Is that right? Uh, I've heard it Yo. Yo? I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but she is one either. of my favorite all time actresses. All time. I love her. Any movie I've seen her in, she's great. Yeah. So seeing that she was in it, I was like, oh, I'm down. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I know. I'm like, Count okay. 
And I love how much of it's dubbed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Agreed. It's, it's just so good. Anyway, Agreed. I I do need to finish it. I just kind of lost the drive to finish it. No, it's good. It's it's yeah. I mean, watch it and then text me at eleven o'clock at night, please, okay. so we can talk. Um, the last anyway. question I have for you is: Are you reading anything? Uh, the book that is my research topic. Yeah, which is an excellent book. Honestly, it's such an easy. It's an like easily digestible read. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot of stuff that would be really boring, but she makes it not so. Like they're, nice. you know, yeah, it's good. Um, otherwise, no, my God, it's, oh, it's been a struggle. I've been watching a lot of TV. I'm I'm in a TV mode right now. Yeah, yeah, which I think I, is fine. But I fine. just I finally I don't know if I've told you this. I finally finished Red, White, and Royal Blue. Oh, I no. through it. I was gonna nice. put it on a did not did not finish list, but yeah. I decided to just go for it. And it was good. It just seemed to be like 20 chapters shorter. <laughs> Maybe not that much. Maybe 10 chapters shorter. It was yeah, just it too was long. A lot of fluff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was all really predictable. It was like, oh, XYZ. Okay, XYZ. It was just nonstop. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Anyway, it was cute. But too yeah. long. Yeah. Are you watching then, anything good? I need recommendations. I need some good TV shows. I caught up on And Just Like That, which is the Sex and the City revival. Mm, okay. And I watched all of the Sex and the City show, mm, shows okay. and movies, you know, that mm-hmm. I was a fan, mm. not when they aired, because I think I was like, you know, four, five. Sure. But right. Maybe not that young. I don't remember. Um, that was really good. It was really nostalgic. And I watched Heartstopper, which is like a teen romance on Netflix. It's really cute. Oh, nice. Yeah. So anyway, send me your sh- show suggestion. Jesus Ooh. Christ. Show suggestions. <laughs> that is hard. Show suggestions. Send them to us. It's my turn, yeah? I'm going to go. Yeah, it's your turn. Okay, I'm okay, I'm going. All right. So the last time we left Cleopatra, because we're on to the second part, which I'm really it's definitely most likely gonna be a three parter. Sorry, not sorry. When I found out that you didn't have any exposure, I took it. I took it and I'm running with it, and this is what we're doing. Yeah, you you filled in all the gaps that people would know. To educate me on things I don't know. Right? Hey, that's what we do. I love it. That's what we like to do. It's my favorite thing. Um, so the la- last time we left her, she was back in Egypt. Um, Caesar has just been murdered during the Ides of March by people that he thought were his friends. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to actually kind of go backwards for a second. But really fast, I looked up how long the solar boat is. Because I got oh curious. good yeah, it's 144 feet long. Okay. Her pleasure barges were twice that. So now I don't know with the solar boat if they shrunk it down so that it was not such a pain in the ass to bury, but still 144 feet is pretty long. Yeah, and her pleasure barges were 300 feet. Yeah, it's like so. 14, I don't know. 14 stories sideways. Big, big. So yeah, there you go. 
Yeah. Big ship. It's a big ship. And there were multiple. Multiples. Anyway. Wild. Um, so I'm going to try to keep a lot of this about Cleopatra, but there is a lot of it that's about Rome because it's so intertwined. She has children with two Roman men. Um, Egypt is essentially considered like a Roman state kind of deal. Like, it's, yeah, Rome's in charge of everything in this area. Right. Um, so I'm going to try to keep it just talking about her, but it's not entirely possible. So some of the stuff I have to talk about because it affects the outcome. Very political. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go back just a little bit um, to right after when Caesar is murdered. So Cleopatra actually stays in Rome long enough for his will to be read. And she's probably expecting there to be some declaration to be made regarding not only herself, but also her young son, Caesarian. Right. There isn't a single word about either of them in the entire will. And it was updated and written when she was in Rome. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Caesarian's not acknowledged at all. His name's not in the will. Her name's nothing, nothing about them. But a 19-year-old boy named Octavian is declared as Caesar's adopted son and heir. He's actually his grandnephew, I think. Um, but it's this young man who not really a lot of people know. He's only 19. Um, he's the one who will inherit Caesar's estate, all of his troops, and his money. But most importantly, he's going to inherit Caesar's name. Um, another person that was probably really disappointed when the will was read on the 17th of March was Marcus Antonius, or Mark Antony, um, whose mm-hmm. mother was actually Caesar's cousin. I don't okay. know how far removed. But um, he fought with Caesar in quite a few battles. And after the after the Battle of Persalis, he was declared one-time master of the horse, which is basically your second in command. So it's a really high position. Um, the will has been read. And Mark Antony is actually appointed as Octavian's guardian. So mm-hmm. he's also appointed guardian along with people that Caesar thought were his friends that actually turned out to be his murderers. Right. Yeah. Um, so three days later during the funeral, um, Mark Antony gets up and he gives the stirring speech about Caesar's triumphs. And he actually like strips his body of the bloody clothes that he's still in. And he puts them on a like a spear and is waving them around and stirs the people into a frenzy. There are riots. The building that Caesar was killed in is totally destroyed. Tons of people get killed. Like, the city is just a mess. Wow. Um, The assassins are forced to go into hiding, and they essentially sneak out of Rome. So Cleopatra does get some good news. And maybe it's better that she wasn't, not like, nothing was said about her because she can just leave. Like, she's still considered a friend and ally of Rome. Um, So she returns home to a kingdom that's at peace it's doing well financially like whoever she left in charge had done a really good job while she was gone um but that doesn't last for very long she receives word that her younger sister arsinoe while she's been in exile in the temple of artemis has actually marshaled enough support in ephesus to claim to pro- proclaim herself as queen of egypt um, around the same time yeah around the same time um a pretender claiming to be her younger brother actually comes forward and is like, I didn't actually die. 
I'm still Pharaoh, and he's trying to claim the throne as well. So her younger brother supposedly drowned. The only thing they found from him was his golden armor. Right. They didn't actually find a body. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So things are going well, but they're also not going well. Right. She also has Ptolemy the 14th, her youngest brother around. So that summer, she decides that she's going to have her 15-year-old brother poisoned. And he's killed with aconite, and he's out of the picture. She has him murdered. He dies under mysterious circumstances. Wow, okay. Yeah. Oh, no qualms. It's Ptolemy through and through. They kill him. (laughs) Yep. Yep, you're in my way. I'm just going to have you poisoned. So with him out of the way, in July of 44 BCE, she has her young son, Caesarian, declared her co-regent. Because there always has to be a male counterpart to a female counterpart. Like, it's not, I think there are a couple instances, but even like Queen Hatshepsut, she was a co ruler with her like stepson. So there always needs to be a male counterpart. I think there's only a couple instances where there was just a female all on her right. own. It's not okay. a common, it's not a common thing. So okay. Caesar or Caesarian's three years old. And his name is changed to King Ptolemy, who is as well Caesar, father-loving, mother-loving God. He's three. So he's not going to get in Cleopatra's way. Yeah. Right. So he's actually um, carved into the walls of the Temple of Dendera. um, And he's wearing the crowns of Upper and Lower Egypt. He's standing before Cleopatra, um, offering incense to Isis and Horus. And she's behind him, much larger but her name actually takes precedence before his name, showing that she's the one in charge. Yeah. Yeah. So she completes the work well, for I father. Don't know. Have you met a three-year-old? <laughs> good point. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm going to just call it out. It's <laughs> a good point. Um, so during this time, she completes the work her father had started on a temple of Horus at Edfu. Um, she establishes a boat shrine to her father at Koptos, and she builds a small sanctuary celebrating the births of divine children behind the main temple at Hermonthus, which is actually near Luxor. Um, she also may have started or was getting ready to start construction on this massive structure that she dedicated to Caesar called the, the Caesarum. Caesarum, I think is how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. It's her largest project. Um, but she would start a larger one, which was the Temple of Isis in Alexandria, which is totally lost. It's <gasps> Alexandria is like either underwater, or it's totally been destroyed. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, which is unfortunate because yeah, it would be pretty amazing. So she, during this time, she also kind of kickstarts this time of intellectual thinkers in Alexandria. She invites scholars. Um, She's been cited as an authority on magic and medicine. And she is a great patron to the Temple of Hathor, which is devoted to women's health. Um, She has been hailed for her great scientific curiosity and was interested in what surgeons and doctors of her day were learning and doing. And this is what I wasn't going to tell you about, but I'm going to tell you about it. (laughs) I really don't want to. I really don't want to. Hey, Um, reading this, guys. So get your buckle up your pants. Buckle up your pants. Um, So supposedly she was also into plants, poisonous plants. Um, She was into pitting animals. This is all, I don't know if this is true. She was into pitting poisonous animals against each other to see what would happen. Um, Okay, here's the thing that I read. So she was into women's health medicine. So there was 
a time that if a maidservant was sentenced to be killed, which would happen regularly, right? if they were found to be pregnant, they would be giving something you wanted this they would be given something to have to get rid of the baby right right then another male servant would rape this maid servant get her pregnant again and they would wait until so after a certain amount of days because she figured they were gonna die anyway they would cut them open and they would take the fetus out to try to find out when a fetus would be male or female. Oh, so okay. she was trying to figure out like at what point in time does a fetus become either male or female? Like, cause you start as a female and then at 81 days they discovered that a female fetus changes into a male fetus. So she was, it's claimed that she was taking these maidservants that were supposed to be killed right. anyway, and she was doing these science experiments and cutting them open and taking their fetuses out. Oh, yeah, and it's fucked up. But then, it, if she's it's fucked up, but it's they don't know in science. And she's wanting to learn. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't. The yeah, shit that scientists had to exactly. do exactly. Right. Yeah, it's all science is. It's, Medi medical science is fucked. It's fucked. <laughs> There's no way around it. You, I no. mean, you have to do these terrible things to people to find out what happened. That's what I didn't want to tell you about. Because I don't, it's not, we don't actually know if that's true. Right. It so, could be, but it also, could, yeah. It could, it be, could true. be true. It might not be true. I don't know. Um, she also supposedly came up with a cure for baldness. <laughs> oh. <didn't> tell you. <laughs> so you would make a paste of equal parts burnt mice, burnt rags, burnt horse teeth, bear's grease, deer marrow, and reed bark. And you'd, you'd smush it together. You'd make a paste. And then you'd take this lovely concoction and you'd mix honey into it. And then you'd put it on your bald scalp and you'd rub it in until hair sprouted. <laughs> I wrote no. Just did people know. just stand there and rub forever know. or did it work? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like if it worked, whoa. Supposedly she came up with this crazy. But burnt mice, I don't know what is up with the burnt mice. There's a lot of burnt mice or burnt I mean, things. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. So in the spring of 43, the Nile doesn't rise like it's supposed to. And the following year is even worse. Crops are failing and her people are starving. So she declares a state of emergency and she has no choice but to op open the royal granaries and she distributes free wheat. Um, she completely devalues the currency because inflation is totally out of control. Um, she's learned what to do and what not to do from watching her father. So it seems like she's also has really good advisors about her, even though the country's going through shit. It's they're not rising up against her. Right. So more bad news is coming. Um, there are reports coming in of odd glandular swellings and black pustules. Um, there's an epidemic of bubonic plague. No, that's, I was going to say plague. Yeah, it's bubonic plague that's raging either in Egypt or right on its borders. So she's oh, dealing no. with famine, starvation, 
and the fucking bubonic plague. And plague. Super. To make matters worse, the Roman civil war that's been going on since Caesar was assassinated comes to her shores. (gasps) Try as she might. She doesn't want to get involved. She kind of makes excuses. But because she knows if she backs the wrong person, she could be really, she'd be in a lot of trouble. Right. So she's dealing with fires on top of fires. Um, So we're going to go back to Rome real quick. We have three men in power, Octavian, Mark Antony, and a man named Lepidus. So each of these men believe that they're the rightful heir. They are the ones that should be leading the government. Um, But Antony and Octavian don't get along. And Lepidus is more Antony's man than Octavian's. So Antony blocks Octavian's access to Caesar's money. And he also gives Lepidus the appointment of chief priest, which was supposed to go to Octavian. The day that Caesar was assassinated, they were supposed to have this hearing about all of this stuff. But Caesar gets killed, and so it gets delayed. Um, In... 43, I don't know what month, Octavian, I think it was October, Octavian sits outside of Rome with his entire army, and he demands that the Senate grant him the political authority of consulship. They have an age restriction. He needs to be 33. He's only 19. So soldiers that are loyal to him enter the Senate with swords drawn. Doesn't go over well because of what just... 33 to have control of an army? To have control of the Senate, to have a consulship in the Senate. And he's only a 19-year-old kid. Gotcha. Wow. Man, whatever. So, yeah, it doesn't go over very well because of what just happened to Caesar. And the Senate awards him the consulship. Mm -hmm. There's a new law that's put into effect, which establishes a special court, which immediately condemns all those involved in Caesar's murder. So in October, so that must have been, I don't, I don't know when that happened. So in October of 43, Octavian, Antony, and Lepidus meet, and they form what would be known as the Second Triumvirate. So they'll remain in power for five years, and they're charged with bringing stability back to the Republic, as well as hunting down and killing the men that killed Caesar. Okay. They have little interest in granting any kind of clemency, and a public decree is issued condemning 300 senators and 2,000 Roman knights and executioners are dispatched and people are getting killed. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They can't hide. It's not right. But they shouldn't have. I mean, anyway. Um, So a man named Dolabella, who's a politician and a fleet commander under Caesar, who actually thought really highly of him, comes to Cleopatra. When Caesar died, Dolabella takes a position of power and he makes friends with Brutus and Cassius who are the ones that were in charge of assassinating Caesar. Okay. He takes this office. Mark Antony supposedly goes to Dolabella and offers him command of this expedition. There's honor, prestige, as well as money. He's a really greedy guy. And so he switches sides again to follow Mark Antony. Of course. I don't know if Cleopatra knew any of this stuff. Maybe she just knew him when Caesar was alive. Anyway, she decides that since Caesar thought really highly of him, that she'll give him help. So he comes to her asking for assistance, and she gives him the four legions that Caesar had left her, as well as a fleet of ships. I didn't know how many men was in a legion. It's between four and 6,000 men, and she has four of these. So it's a huge portion of her army that's gone. Oh. Yeah. Um, In exchange for the legion and ships, she's promised that Caesarian would be recognized as king of Egypt. I don't think that Dolabella actually had the authority to give this promise, but he does it anyway. Oh, lovely. Yeah. 
maybe he does. I, I don't know. I didn't see anything anywhere that said that he had the authority to give this, but who knows? Um, the fleet that she gives him is intercepted at sea, and it actually switches side, switches side to Cassius under her admiral of the Ptolemaic Navy, Ser- Serapion. Her ship's deserter. <laughs> Cassius comes to Cleopatra and asks for help, but she knows that he's in on the murder. So she's like, I can't help you. I'm really sorry. I'm having a lot of problems. My people are starving. I can't spare anything. But at the same time, she's preparing another expedition to go and help Dolabella. Unfortunately for Dolabella, that, ju- that July, his army is encircled and actually crushed by Cassius. And Dolabella ends up committing suicide because his whole army has been destroyed. Oh, no. Yeah. She tries to get another fleet ready to send to Octavian and Anthony. Antony, sorry, not Anthony. Antony, Cassius is pissed about her helping his enemies, and he prepares a full-scale invasion of Egypt. Oh, boy. Yeah. So he's preparing to, he's like at her borders, and he gets word that Antony and Octavian have crossed the Adriatic, and they're traveling east directly towards him. So he's actually forced to turn around and join Brutus in Greece. She's saved. Mm -hmm. Um, 10 months later the armies of Cassius and Brutus meet with Antony and Octavian and the two armies so they're all the same they've all been trained the same they have the same tactics and they're huge each army has a hundred thousand (gasps) men like yeah yeah it's terrible there's terrible losses on both sides like they're almost totally decimated yeah so there's one engagement Terrible. Then there's a second engagement, and Antony and Octavian prevail. Cassius commits suicide with the same dagger that he stabs Caesar with, and Brutus actually throws himself on his sword, which is... What? Yeah. Yep. Because they, I mean, they probably don't want to get taken back to Rome and paraded through the streets. Oh, for sure. I mean, I I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Right? (laughs) So sometime before these two battles, Cleopatra herself is on the flagship of this fleet that she's going to take to join Antony and Octavian, but she runs into terrible weather. Her warships are swamped, and she's actually forced to turn back to Alexandria. She gets sick, and she ends up not being able to come to their aid, period, whatsoever, and she knows that Antony or Octavian is going to come to her, and they're going to ask why she offered assistance to someone that was okay with Caesar being murdered, as well as not sending help to them when they asked for it right yeah so she knows that they're coming Uh yep yep she's getting her speech ready yeah she is um so after the defeat of the conspirators antony octavian split the mediterranean world up antony goes east to restore order and to raise money because they promised their armies a shitload of money and rome is totally broke um right octavian goes west to restore his poor health and she waits so sure enough, in 41, a man named Delius, who himself changed sides a bunch of times, comes to Alexandria and tells her that she's going to have to call, she's going to have to answer for what she's done or not done. Um, but he realizes that Cleopatra isn't someone that's going to answer for what she's done. So it's said that he suggests she goes to Antony, displaying her wealth and power, telling him not to worry that Antony is the gentlest and kindest of soldiers. So as Antony's making his way across Asia, he's treated as a god. Um, He looks the part. Everything I've read about Antony is how handsome he was, how good looking he is, something about his beautiful thighs. No joke. He's got curly hair. Like he 
himself has said he's a descendant of Heracles. Like, I mean, and his busts are, I mean, he's not a bad looking guy. Dark curly right. hair, strong nose. Handsome devil. Anyway, yeah, he's a handsome, he is. That's the perfect description of him. He's a handsome devil. Perfect. There you um, go. So he's also kind of the party boy. Um, there's a story about one drunken night, he decides to hitch up two lions to a chariot and he takes a little ride through realm. <laughs> Another night he's supposed to speak to the Senate and he gets up to speak and he actually pukes in Cicero's oh, no. lap. Oh no. Because he pulled an all-nighter at a friend's wedding. So he likes to drink, he likes women, and he has very expensive taste. Cleopatra's okay. going to play right into that. So he's 42 at this time, and he goes to Tarsus, and he sets up a base camp. And that's um, this is actually in modern-day Turkey. Okay. So he sends someone to Cleopatra, and another one, and another one. She just lets them pile up. Okay. So this isn't a, this isn't a please come to dinner. I just want to have a friendly chat. It's I want to tap into Egypt's wealth. They have huge grain supplies, and they're in a really good military strategic position. Okay. She doesn't go because she wants to remind him that she isn't someone to be summoned. She mm. is the pharaoh of Egypt, so she's kind of playing this game, too. She needs Rome because she needs the most powerful men to help her consolidate her grip on the throne, as well as hopefully expanding her kingdom. Right. So she finally decides that she's going to leave, and she sets sail to Tarsus. When she arrives in Tarsus, she moves from her ship to a barge that has been specifically outfitted for what she has in mind. Okay. Has a golden prow. The regular ship, the regular sails are switched out for sails that are dyed deep purple and have mm -hmm. been drenched in oil. This particular barge, which would have used 170 rowers, she dismisses a third of them and they're replaced with women. So it's the slow, stately procession that she's looking for. The rowers are given silver oars instead of wooden oars. On deck, she has an orchestra of flutes, pipes, and lyres. She herself is reclining on a raised platform beneath this gold-spangled canopy, and she's dressed as Venus. Amazing. It gets better. Fucking <laughs> amazing. Okay. Yeah. Around her are young boys that are dressed and painted to look like cupid and they're all fanning her mm -hmm. her most beautiful maids are dressed are dressed as nymphs and graces some of them are steering some of them are working the ropes some of them are just standing around being stunning <laughs> um yeah. so set, set at various places on the decks are burning incense so long before the people see her they can smell her coming <laughs> yeah the riverbanks are lined with people watching this living goddess come up the river so antony has actually been conducting business in the marketplace and he finds himself completely alone because everybody has gone to the riverbanks to see cleopatra's barge if time travel was a thing this would be the first fucking place i'd go <laughs> you, you're like I, I have to see this i have to see time. this yeah so this is a very different queen from the one that presented herself to Caesar. She's older. She's more settled in her throne. She's extremely wealthy. Even though she's been going through shit, she's still like the wealthiest person in the entire Mediterranean. Right. So Cleopatra lands, docks, whatever, and she sends <laughs> word to Mark Antony that Venus has arrived to revel with Bacchus for the good of Asia. 
<gasps> wow. So I didn't know, do you know who Bacchus is? I didn't know who Bacchus was. Yeah, it's like Dionysus. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the equivalent the Roman of, god of um, Roman god of agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yep. I didn't I didn't know. So, um that <laughs> that I knew. Yeah. Hey, hey. Uh so it is totally probable that Antony and Cleopatra knew each other. They'd probably met a couple times, but so she knows. She knows how to play this game. She has a point to make. Yep. He invites her to dinner, but it's a mark of status to give the first dinner, and she insists that he come to dinner with all of the friends that he wants. Plutarch says, at once, then, wishing to display complacency and friendly feelings, Antony obeyed and went. <laughs> In the Good. words of John Hammond, Cleopatra spares no expense. <laughs> Along the path to the barge, she's hung lights in the trees so it casts this gleaming lace of rectangles and circles creating a spectacle that has seldom been equaled for beauty so either that night or the following night cleopatra prepares 12 banquet banquet rooms she spreads 36 couches with rich textiles and then behind them she hangs these beautiful purple tapestries which purple is a sign of royalty because it's extremely hard to come by right um they're embroidered with golden thread the tables are set with dinnerware of gold and it's all encrusted with jewels mm -hmm. she herself probably shows up draped in jewelry and looking every part of living goddess all of it <laughs> yeah um, at the end of the feast, she tells Anthony and all of their friends that all of the items they see before them are theirs, the couches, the dinnerware, the textiles, everything. It's all theirs. She then decides to raise the bar. And on the fourth night of dinner and revelry, Anthony arrives to a knee-deep expanse of roses. I don't know how far. Maybe it's just the deck of the barge. It's probably around this area. Knee deep. Knee deep. No joke. <laughs> Knee deep. Okay. Um, it's a, an entire talent to pay for all of these flowers, which is a, a whole, a whole, an talent. entire talent, a whole talent. Yeah. For her, that's like pocket change. That's like, let me it's dig in my couch. <laughs> yeah. So during one of these fabulous dinners, Cleopatra makes a bet with Antony that she can spend 10 million sesterces on one meal. When the second mm -hmm. course is served, the only thing placed in front of Cleopatra is a goblet. And the goblet is some vinegar. She takes one of her pearl earrings off, which is said to value some $28.5 million today, crushes it up in this vinegar, and drinks it. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> it's likely that she softened it or it was like a trick of the hand it's possible that this didn't even happen right i hope for the sake that it did happen and she blew all their fucking minds yeah for <laughs> sure yeah yeah so during all this feasting and opulence cleopatra is asked about her lack of helping to avenge caesar's killer and she responds with all of the ways that she did assist so right like, mm -hmm. I had this fleet delivered with as much needed supplies. And in the end, she emerges totally blameless in Antony's eyes. Hmm. They discuss money. Antony's in need of a lot of money to pay his soldiers. And the only person that can help him is the person sitting right in front of him. Right. So she ends up staying in Tarsus for a few weeks. And when she leaves, Mark Antony has a list of demands, her demands, in his hand. 
So mm-hmm. I don't know what they all were, but we do know a couple of them. Okay. She wants her younger sister sent away to be taken out of the picture. She <laughs> wants her to be murdered. Yeah, she does. Antony obliges, and he calls on the high priest at the Temple of Artemis, who proclaimed Arsinoe queen. Ooh. The Ephesians come to Cleopatra, and they're like, please don't kill our high priest. And she tells Antony, like, hey, he can't do any more harm. So he isn't so forgiving with the young man who's pretending to be Cleopatra's younger brother, or Arsinoe. Arsinoe is actually dragged out of the temple of Artemis. And on the steps, she's strangled because they wouldn't. Like royalty, they didn't cut their heads off. They just strangled them. Mm. Yeah. He also kills the Navy commander that switched side to support Cassius. Yeah. He is bewitched. Basically. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, okay. Antony and Caesar had a shitload of lovers and affairs and. Yeah. All of the stuff, and it's always Cleopatra seduced these men. She used her bewitching right. womanly wiles and all this stuff. Like, yeah. but maybe, I mean, maybe she did, but also I maybe feel like she it's was more like really she smart. knew exactly what she was fucking she doing. Knew exactly what she was doing, yeah. and she needed to save her throne. Yeah, how do you do that? You play to the person's desires. Yeah. She can do that. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. think she was just like, oh. Poor me. Right. No. It's like I don't think so. Like, oh hi. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, that fall he actually dispatches his army to different quarters and he comes to Alexandria to be with Cleopatra, who is at this time twenty-eight years old. Okay. Um they start this group called the Inimitable Livers. Which is probably just an excuse to get shit-faced every night and wander around playing pranks on everybody in Alexandria. Or it may have been a cult celebrating the god Dionysus. Either way, they get shit-faced and they play pranks on everybody. Like Cleopatra dresses up as a maid. Antony looks like everybody around. And they're playing pranks on... And Alexandria loves it. They're all about it. Like they... They're about it. She's also doing her full-time job. She's running the country, but she's making herself available to Antony whenever he wants. Like, she plays dice with him. They go hunting, all of this stuff. Mm, And he celebrates his 43rd birthday in Alexandria. Um, Okay, so he celebrates his 43rd birthday in Alexandria, but that next winter he receives word from Rome that the Parthians are causing some trouble. He also receives word from the West that his wife Fulvia has actually been causing some trouble <laughs> oh um she along with his with antony's brother has incited a war against octavian probably trying to get antony to leave egypt oh. yeah but fulvia is actually defeated her army is defeated and she goes back to greece so she's not she's not like a, your typical roman woman she wants to be the commander of commanders mm-hmm. yeah she's very she's Tough. She's tough. So Antony leaves in the spring. And when he's in northern Syria, he receives a letter from Fulvia and he goes to Greece. When he arrives, he's not pleased with her at all. And he tells her she's overstepped her bounds as a wife. And she's also overplayed his hand. She tries to convince Antony that with the help of Pompey's son Sextus, he would be able to beat Octavian. 
But Antony won't listen to her. He's like, listen, mm -hmm. I've given my word. I'm not going to go back on my agreement. What you're suggesting is treason. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. He leaves Fulvia without saying goodbye. And he heads to the Adriatic. Mm -hmm. He then gets word that Fulvia has died. <gasps> he was ill when she left. But one historian actually suggests that she took her own life out of spite. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, and Antony is like, it affects him deeply. He's so upset that he left without saying goodbye. He's upset that she's dead. Mm -hmm. But her death actually opens up a way for Octavian and Antony to try to reconcile with each other. And Octavian offers his beautiful half-sister, Octavia Minor, to Antony as his wife. Okay. Yeah. Octavia is described as everything that's opposite of Cleopatra. She's stunning. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's not independent. She's a mediator rather than a manipulator. And she knows her place. She has no political ambition. She's the perfect wife. Mm -hmm. So when Cleopatra learns about Antony's marriage, she's probably surprised. It's right. not really good for her mortal enemy, Octavian, and Antony to be on good terms with each other because he's a constant threat to her son. Right. So around the same time that Antony's getting married, Cleopatra is giving birth to twins. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> I know. I know. <laughs> what? So if they say that there's power in a name, Cleopatra knows exactly what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She names her, her son Alexander Helios, at once invoking her ancestor Alexander the Great, as well as the son. And she names her daughter Cleopatra Cellini after her great aunt, who was a second century second century queen, who was actually the greatest commander of that age. Wow. Yeah. So that's where we're gonna stop. Forever <gasps> long. Yeah. Oh. Next time we'll get more into the battle of what happened. Like, there's some battles that go down because shit's coming to a head because Antony and Octavian fucking hate each other. Like, they're cordial to each other, but there's tension. There's a lot of tension underneath, and they – it gets out of control. So we'll go over that next time. Amazing. I can't – I can't wait. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're excited. Sorry if it was boring in some parts. No, it's not boring at all, actually. I think all of it was important. Yeah, it's it you know like it, you it have this whole everything right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, are you ready for part two of the Will of the Wisps? I'm so ready. Or Will of the Wisp? Will, Will of the Wisp? Will, Will of the Wisp. Wisp. Will-o-the-wisp. Will-o-the-wisp. W-o-t-w. So, to review a little bit about what we talked about last week, um, Will-o-the-wisp stands for a deceitful bundle of tinder or a tricky fire. Um, they're also referred to as jack-o'-lanterns, Hoberty's lantern, ghost lights, and Haley's favorite, corpse candles. It's my favorite. Uh, you're welcome. So they're generally blue, but in my uh, round, this round of research, I actually found that some have also been seen as red flames. Um, oh. And then I, and then 
later in my research, it was like yellow, green, orange. (laughs) (laughs) All the colors. Any color, but blue is the most common. Uh, But they're flames in swampy or marshy areas and will usually lead you to danger, a bog, or a den of evil fairies, or worse. Oh, are they in league with the evil fairies? Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. So, yeah, so I found out that they could be fairy traps. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. So. Sneaky. Yeah, they're. They're up to no good. It's tricky little will-o'-wisps. Not, not what Disney told you. <laughs> not what Disney told you. Um, so they're sometimes to said, they're sometimes said to be a warning, or even a prediction of someone being in danger in the near future. So they, they, so kind of like when we talked about the black dog being mm-hmm. a warning of something bad or an omen. Mm-hmm. These can be something similar. Like, gotcha. This path is. You might not be able to change it, what's happening, but mm. there's a warning or something is coming kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, two things from the last episode that I wanted to clear up that I got a little bit more information on in this round of research. Um, the unbaptized children from Norwegian folk, folk tales um, are called earblos. I-K-A-K-O. Or I-E. It's I-I-E-K-K-O. Ikitmand. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so they actually have a name. And it's actually, instead of, like, it being a ghost light, it's the children carrying the lights. So, like, the ghost children or, like, the spirits trapped carrying the lights. So that was something that came a little bit more, like, came up a lot more this time around is that Uh. it's a light being carried. Can you see these no. kids? Uh, okay. You can't. Okay. That's that's the thing. That's the like, scary part. It's the only thing you can see. Yeah, is the light. Is the light. So okay. I want to give a little bit of that. And then Will O the Wisp is also like a reference for a man named Will. Like okay. Will of the Wisp. Okay. Um is reference to an evil man named Will. So I, I talked about this a little bit. I think it was Scottish. Um, and he was rejected from heaven twice. Oh. So he was like, St. Peter was like, yo, your life was pretty bad. You can go have another turn and we'll we'll see if you can get in. And he it said his second life was so much worse than his first <gasps> life. So what? he was then rejected from heaven. And led to or made to wander the earth for eternity and the devil took pity on him and gave him a piece of coal hmm. to stay okay with. so i'm like why didn't he go to hell yeah and there's a lot of souls wandering around the world that i'm not i'm not, i want to know what gets you on that list <laughs> <laughs> um so as we all know myths and legends have different versions but this was one that I had talked about, and it was a little bit different from what I said last week. So I just wanted to clarify. Um, but what about other places around the world? And what are the what is this phenomenon called there? Well, we're going to find out. So first is from Asia, which 
Asia in this reference is more India and Russia. Okay. Is where these are based. And then I do have one from Japan as well. So the first one is um, called Elia or Marsh Ghost Lights is what it translates to. Um, and these phenomena are recounted by fishermen in Big Bengal. And the marsh lights are said to be made to confuse the fishermen or make them lose their course or bearings. So sometimes they would fall in the water and then drown. Oh. Yeah. So like it will com- either they'll get lost or it will literally like make them dizzy and fall into oh. the water and drown. Uh, the people in the region believe that these lights were ghosts of old fishermen who had been drowned or died while fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're sometimes said to be helpful and help the fishermen avoid dangers. So it kind of just depends on the Aaliyah you see. Um, in Russia, it's called Chirbati, and Chir means ghost and Bati means light. Um, these are also found around marshlands during the marshy wetlands seasons and are more prominent during the wet seasons. But they are said to be these strange dancing lights and they're actually the lights are actually used by dead souls to show where they died. Ugh. Yeah, all I it all dead. it all it's boils all... down somebody somebody, somebody holding died. a light. Yeah. Um Japan has a few different names for them. Mm-hmm. Um most are associated with graveyards, but most occur in many locations across Japan. The first one is the Hirodama, which means human soul. Okay. Uh, the Hainotama, which means ball of light. And there's a few more. All are associated with lights and, um, you know, death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the one I found that I thought was going to be our Native American folklore was actually the Pudgwaji or Pugwaji. And oh yeah, when I started reading about it more, I'm like, this is a creature and not mm. like yeah, we don't even. It doesn't have a lantern or a, a fire or anything. So I was like, this isn't no what I thought Pugwaji's it was. Its so, own thing. Yeah, so we'll come back to that in the future. But I mm-hmm. wanted to. I said that we were going to cover Native American. Um, Lights and I couldn't find anything. So, if listeners, if you know of one, let me know. I couldn't, I was, yeah, digging around. I couldn't find anything. Um, in Australia, with the Aboriginal myths, it's called the Min Min Light. And these can be found in Aboriginal myths predating Western settlers, um, but are now more apart and integrated with Australian folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, these Lights will follow travelers once they've been spotted. However, if a traveler tries to follow the light instead of walking away, they will never be heard from again. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, And the natives said or thought that as more Europeans arrived, um, they believed that that was a cause for the increasing amount of lights to show up. Oh, so it's like as more, yeah, sure. People disrupt mm. their lives. Yeah, yeah. The hinky punk, which is actually, um, 
I I heard it referenced in Harry Potter, but oh, it yeah. is another form of a will of the wisp. It's usually a spirit or a dark creature that has a single leg that carries a lantern. <laughs> okay. <laughs> While they hold the lantern, they're still very wispy and cloudy, and you can you can see this one. Oh, yikes! No thanks. Jeez. Although it was funny that the site that I was reading about them on, I mm-hmm. was like, oh, how cool, how cool. And then I got to the bottom and it was like, every student should know how to disarm. And yeah. and I was like, I'm on a Harry Potter fan fix site. <laughs> and I scrolled down and sure enough, it was definitely Harry Potter fanfic. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. This is great. Solid. Super. <laughs> um. In Brazil, they have the biotada, which or B, it's B O I T A T A. So sure, then. it's boa is the word is the first okay. word, and that's what it kind of starts. It's, yeah, you know the the translation there we go i was like i wasn't sure what you were trying to say i don't think i know what i I was was trying trying to come to your help but i couldn't nope uh there was just a black pit my brain (laughs) turned into for a minute um no and so this expression comes from an old uh tupi language and it means fiery serpent um it has fiery eyes and it can't see during the day but it thrives at night that's the story um, okay. It said that it was a great boa that survived a deluge. And when it's after the deluge was over, it left its cave and ate the leftover creatures and humans in, you know, excess. Whoa. Yeah. But because of this, the boa was able to eat its favorite morsel, was the word used, Yikes. which were the eyes of its prey. Oh, a so, morsel. It went and because it had so many um, options for food, mm-hmm. it would just eat the eyes out of everything. And so, as it ate all of the eyes, the light from the eyes and that had been collected gave the biotata its fiery gaze. Um, so, also in Brazil, just like Ingus Fatus, oh boy, I knew I was going to mess it up again. Um, there's another expression in South America called fogo fauto, which means fake fire. Okay. So, you know, it, it kind of derives from that Latin translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is also a term that is used throughout Brazil. Um, in South America, we are going to travel down to Argentina. And this is luz mala, which actually translates to bad light or evil light. Um, that one I knew. I was like, hold up. I know what loose <laughs> is and I know what mala is. It's like, this is not good. This is bad light. <laughs> this is bad. And this isn't like a photographer's bad light. This is just not good. Evil. It's evil, evil. light. Gotcha. Um, so this is very much feared and seen in rural areas in Argentina. Um, it's a shiny light. And it's said if you see a white light, um, that you should say a prayer and hope like hope it's well and kind of go on your way but if you see a red one run oh no oh because it's probably satan tempting you okay yeah you know yeah don't mess with it 
Don't turn around and run. Um, La Candeleja is evil spirits who carry a ghost light after death. Yeah. More corpse candles. <laughs> More corpse candles. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that they all of these locations yeah. have these same yeah. definitions for a phenomenon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Like you couldn't come up like, oh, it's a fairy toot. Yeah. It's Something all corpse else? candles. Somebody it's died like, and they're there holding is a candle. A person holding it. Yeah. Or a thing. I don't like it. I don't like it either. <laughs> why is it all bad um so we're gonna jump to north america in louisiana um in louisiana there are phantom lights called the filet mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be dark souls who have been sent back from heaven to do penance on earth oh and they're found in the swamps okay so those are my different definitions around from around the world Lights that lead the way and pop culture references. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring these up. So in Lord of the Rings, we have the dead marshes. Mm. The lights pull Frodo into the water and try to drown him. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter, hinky punks. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's in the third book. They're learning about hinky punks and grandilos with Professor yeah. Lupin. Mm-hmm. So we don't really get to hear about them much, but it's mentioned. Um, and then my last one is in Spirited Away. When they arrive to the witch's cottage, there's the mm-hmm. one-legged lantern that kind of mm-hmm. pops and leads them. So yeah. that's another one. And then, of course, Brave. So Of course. Um, now, at the beginning, I said that Disney lied. And these were all tricky and bad and were never going to lead you anywhere good. Um, I did find in this research another spot where I was wrong. <laughs> Sometimes the will of a wisp will appear and show people their intended path. So okay. this, this is probably the interpretation that they use in Brave. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other stories, they're actually said to be beacons of hidden treasures belonging oh. to leprechauns or fairies. Hmm. Okay. So you can dig it up and you might get some jewels out of it. Uh-huh. Um, so if you come across one, are you you meeting one of our creepy friends or are you on the right path? Oh. Don't know. You should never follow a will of the wisp unless you are truly lost. Oh, hang on. Hang on. You got to say that again. I cut out. You should never follow a will of the wisp unless you are truly lost because you might t- stub your toe, die, or it could lead you to safety. So you just don't know what you're going to get. But if the, <laughs> the advice that I read was like, if you're really, really lost, yeah, you might die anyway. So you right? might as well see if it's trying to lead you out. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's what I have today on the Will of the Wisps part twos. Two? <laughs> twos. Just gonna go. With I like it. it. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Either way. Huh. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. Piss I don't know if pants? I would follow it. Yeah. Because oh, I would think it was a dead person standing there. Yeah. <laughs> holding a light. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. I'm Yuck. Hard pass. No thanks. No thanks. Will the wisps 
not welcome. Corpse candles not invited. More so that. <laughs> Definitely that. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, thank you guys for being here today. We love you and we appreciate you. Remember to check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok for all of your content needs. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you want to send us an email, you can do so at morethemythspodcast at gmail.com. If there's something you want to hear, something we got wrong, or if you just want to say, I'm a big fan, send it to us. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Um, um, wherever you pod. Oh, sorry. Nope. Sorry. What were you going to say? I went too early. Go. Oh. <laughs> uh, wherever you podcast, Apple. Spotify, Google, if you just follow and subscribe. If you have a couple minutes, leave us a review. Give us a little pot, a little bump. Yep. And we are going to be launching soon a wallpaper website. And not website. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to add it. Haley creates wallpapers based on episodes or stupid things that we say or cute things that we say or just, you know, general more than myths nonsense. And these wallpapers we We've been sharing them on Instagram, but now we wanted to give a place that you guys could download um, some higher quality images. So that will be coming soon. You can check that out on morethanmiss.com. Anyway, if you love us, remember to tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your mama. Tell your mom, especially if she loves history and myths. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.